Tuned into the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And, man, do we have a lot to talk about today. I mean, talk about a crazy Oscars weekend, a lot of winners, a lot of losers, and uh, we'll go ahead and get into that in a second. But I, I got to share something here real quick because, I mean, uh, Jeremy, you, 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 I think you've made fun of me about this, about, you know, me incorporating food with dreams. And I don't know if anybody else that's watching, by the way, welcome everybody to the stream. I don't know if everybody, anybody else that uh, that's watching right now can relate, but whenever you eat something, at least for me, whenever I, I eat something, I tend to have some weird dreams and it all depends on what I eat. And these past couple of nights, I've been eating like refried beans. So I told Jeremy, maybe it was the gas that didn't go outward, went to my head. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm no doctor. Um <laughs> Neither am I yet. I still get the phone call. <laughs> well, because you're the one I lo- I want to share this with. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, the first time it was on, I think it was on Saturday. Yeah, it was on Saturday. I dreamt about like I had eaten beans on Friday. And that Saturday, you know, during the day or whatever, I or no, I'm sorry, Saturday is when I had the beans. Uh, and then when I went to sleep, I had dreams about demons and crazy demonic, like weird things. I mean, it was like it, it was definitely like I will kill you or some crazy shit like that. And I dreamt about it, you know, and it was so crazy. But I mean, that was one. But today. This morning, I actually had really nice dreams. I had dreams about, basically, I had dreams about uh, this one, I guess, crush you might call it, that I had back when I was in the ninth grade, back in high school. Her name was Adriana. And um, it was one of those dreams where we had a family show. Let's not hear any of your weird dreams about ninth grade girls. Who in the world told you this is a family show? When did this happen? (laughs) When did I agree to this? (laughs) Let's get into the real raw stuff. No, I'm just like no. Um, <laughs> when I mean raw, I disown, I disown him, folks. I disown him. <laughs> no, I mean it was it was really crazy. I mean, it, you know, it was actually a very tender dream. Uh, I dreamt that apparently I was doing some sort of a deal with her, like real estate deal or something like that, and uh, she was a real estate agent herself and very attractive she's my age now uh she looked older than she did when i knew her in the ninth grade but then suddenly things well yeah you know it'd be weird otherwise um and so she ended up like we ended up somehow don't ask how we ended up in bed together naked but it was more about it wasn't about sex the dream wasn't about sex it was more about the tenderness, like us holding each other, having a conversation, like actually talking. It was, it was crazy. Like being in love. It was, that's what the dream was about. It was me being, now, mind you, I, I've never been in love before, like ever. So sex is usually as, as far as your brain goes or your, your little brain, whatever you want to call it. Put me on blast. Why don't you? I mean, (laughs) come on. (laughs) I was just wondering how, how that made that, that that shallow barely beating heart of yours feel well i mean the love that i'm not getting in real life i was actually getting it in my dreams so i mean 
I guess it's an even trade. Aw, Joni and I love you. <laughs> Again, the love I'm not getting in real life. <laughs> Why to welcome JC to the stream. Hey, JC, how you doing? Welcome to the stream. Yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. I actually, but I enjoyed it though. It was a like one of those dreams where I woke up, I was like, huh. I was like, I wanted to keep going. Let's see where this goes, you know. But as all dreams, as all it would happen, you know, I ended up waking up and that was the end of that. So, but yeah, I, I'm seriously, I think it was, and I told you this before we started, is that I think the beans being a day old might have made the difference. <laughs> The man is blaming his subconscious on beans, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I can't attribute it to anything else. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> let's keep on going. I don't want to go ahead and bore anybody else any more of my raunchiness because it does get even better. Um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's go ahead and go on here. Um, I got a couple of uh, TikTok videos as as we always have it on here on the show. Again, Jeremy, hashtag Jeremy, get a freaking TikTok. Uh, and I had the freak, word freaking there. Um, this first one actually isn't so much of a funny one. It's actually uh, it's actually an interaction between two people at a Chipotle, and it got it could have gotten very violent, but just the audacity of this person. And th th it's funny because. This uh, this guy claims to be a director, and the Chipotle that this is happening at looks to be the one that's actually not too far from where I live. Um, and I'm pretty sure it is because if this guy says he's a director, it's right down the street from the Warner Brothers Studios. Mm -hmm. So I mean, this is this is a crazy interaction. And Jeremy, I, I want your take on what this guy does. You know, when I order, You're busy. I see they come in order. I understand. I'm busy too, dude. Oh. So apparently the guy makes 300000 a year, which is crap for a director. But here's the thing. The part that irks me about that video is how he said he threatened him when he never said any such thing. He never said, he's like, you said you're going to kick my ass. The guy never said that. The guy just said, let's yeah, talk said, about you it outside. You want to talk about it outside? Let's go. <laughs> I mean, but that's all he said, though. He, exactly. didn't, uh, he, he was already that's, like blowing it out of proportion. A, that's not a threat. No, he... He knew he was about to get his ass kicked. He was very much in the wrong, couldn't admit it, and decided he was just going to keep posturing. He wasn't I mean, calling the cops. He knew he had nothing. He was screwed. He was posturing completely. And he's lucky that guy's as calm as he was. Because I'll tell you right now, 15 years ago, I'd have put that guy in the hospital. I, it's not... Facts. I, I, fact. I, 15 years ago, if I was the person 
that I was then, and that happened, that I'd have put him through the counter and then through the window. I mean, the audacity of that guy. That guy was just like, that guy's a dick. I mean, he straight up got in the guy's face, and when the, he saw that the guy got up, he's like, okay, you want to get in my face? Let's do this for real. He was like, oh, I'm calling the cops. Mm-hmm. Stop being a pussy. I mean, and I'm saying that word all the way. I don't care. That's exactly what the guy was. It's like, dude, are you serious? You're going to get in my face. And then when I stand up, I'm like, oh, you're going to get in my face. Let's go handle this outside. All of a sudden, oh, I'm calling the police because you threatened me. Really, dude? Mm-hmm. You got in my face, bro. You were instigating this to happen. Come on. He was posturing. And the only way to try and get out of that, he knew he was this close to getting beaten. And he had to try and keep posturing to try and look tough. It was, it's people like that are absolutely ridiculous. Entitled people who think their job makes them special, you know, asking the guy what he does for a living. You ain't anything special just because you're a freaking director. Nobody cares. Literally, (laughs) no one except you. Like asking, what, what do you do for a living? What if he was a doctor? What if he was a lawyer? Would have shut him up real quick. I mean, but it's like, but it's still the guy even said, doesn't matter what I do for a living. You're being a dick. You know, to everybody if, here. If he'd come across my buddy Brian, and this is probably even still today, and that's my friend I've told you about that had three black belts in three different disciplines before he was yep. 25 years old, then shattered his hip, couldn't do martial arts anymore. So what he do? He picked up Brazilian jiu-jitsu and within five years became the number one rated person in his entire weight class in the Pacific, in the whole Pan Pacific. So, and he still to this day will drop you if something like that goes down. He said, what do you do? He would have stood up and said, I beat ass for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I would have been like, oh, you've been to prison? No. Um, <laughs> that's a, I guarantee you that's how Brian would respond. I'd be asked for a living. What do you do? Oh, man. <laughs> no, nah, it's just that guy was a jerk. I mean, even uh, JC's actually agreeing. He's agreeing with that. He says, uh, Jeremy, you're dead on. This guy was doing what so many do these days. They're in a no-win situation, so they posture to gain sympathy or just make trouble. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the funny thing about that, he wasn't getting no sympathy from anybody. The other patrons were like, dude, you're being a jerk. Like, you are legitimately being a jerk. You need to get out of here, dude. Like, stop being such an ass. Oh, I'd have I been mean, up in his face. If I, you know me, I'm not going to stand for anybody mistreating staff. I've gotten up in the face of a few people at different stores and restaurants and whatever else when people are being out of line with, you know, people who are just there doing their jobs. Um, so I've I've had that moment myself, although I'm much calmer and I diffuse the situation more. I also basically let them know this isn't going to continue or we're going to have a very big problem. You've never so, stood up for me. I mean, you've never really stood up for me kind of sad you know i'm trying to instill some courage in you <laughs> <laughs> like every big brother would gotta let you take an ass kicking or two don't worry it's i'll like, beat him i'll beat him afterwards it's like it's like, it's like dude jeremy we're going to a bad neighborhood so stop being a pussy <laughs> that was your that's exactly what you told me too <laughs> Exactly what you told me <laughs> so many times. <laughs> what can I say? Your older brother's got to take care of you. It's like, Jeremy, I don't know how to swim. Learn. Learn. <laughs> Into the pool you, you go. go. That's how I got taught at eight months old or nine months old. Oh, my old. God. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to go ahead and pull this prank coming up right now <laughs> on you. And let's see if, as a chef, well, I can't pull it on you. Because as a chef, you smell everything. 
You have to. That's the habit. So I can't pull this one on you. But this is still a pretty good prank to pull on somebody. This one's a pretty long one, so check it out. Placing orange juice with mac and cheese. I'm not doing nothing. I, I, I bring the I drinks out for you. I just made you a whole plate of food. I bring the drinks out for you. I bring your utensils. I might as well feed you. And you burn too. and you burn the food when you Why do you keep talking about burning so the food? So you have to, you know, do extra things because you burn everything. I don't burn anything, Alicia. I burn pancakes one time. Every batch time. you make, you make one good one and then you burn one the time. rest. Don't you eat it. You can't even bring me out. You can't, you can't even give me a fork or a spoon. A butter knife? Why are you working this early? Lights gotta stay on, baby. Oh, God. Lights gotta stay on. Mm. It tells good, boy. I mean, I guess it's the initial shock that, it's, you know, like, prank, not knowing would, what it is. I'd be willing to bet that that was totally set up the second part of that. I, that wasn't real believable to me, but that was pretty funny. And that is a great prank, though. No, you'd never get me with that. Um, I, again, as a chef, I smell everything, but also... Kirk and I played that trick on people years ago using um, mustard and water and uh, orange food coloring. Oh, so my God. We did that to multiple people on set, and it was just straight up like French's mustard, a little food coloring and water. And, you know, we'd replace the orange juice and different things with it. And 
Oh so my we, god. We did that. We did that. We did that prank kind of, you know, 30 years ago. You guys are terrible. No, there was and there was another food prank though that I heard uh that I saw actually on TikTok where a woman is like uh making like food or whatever, like soup or a stew or something. And she puts like a, like she's like, ah, let me go ahead and uh you know have my husband try this, but she puts like a whole bunch of salt on the spoon, and on top of it, she puts the food, has the guy taste it, and it's like super salty. He's like, Oh my god, what the hell are you doing? Like, what That's is evil. This? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad, but that was that was actually pretty bad too. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess you know, one of these days I'll get you. No worries, I get you. It, it'll happen, it will probably happen. not with food. Probably not with food. Yeah, definitely not with food. I can't get you with food because you smell everything, so I can't really get you with that. Um, this one, speaking of food and speaking of the munchies, this one actually has to do with, and I, I'm going to ask you if Magoo's ever done this. <laughs> this one has to do with a dog getting into a stash he wasn't supposed to. Check it out. This fucking dog done ate my fucking edibles. Are you high? <laughs> Bitches, you high. <laughs> oh, hell no. You shaking. You ain't finna die on me, is you? Look at what your dumb ass did. Oh, my God, you dumb. Hello? Come here. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you, are you okay, mama? <laughs> you dumb as hell. <laughs> oh, hell no, bro. What the fuck? Okay, that's really funny. <laughs> that poor dog was gone. He's oh. like, bro, don't bother me. I'm high. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. Magoo has never had that opportunity because I haven't had him long enough from back in the day when I was really partying. But my older dog, Sarah, mm -hmm. who um, would eat anything. Okay, this dog ate a bottle of Andersten Andro one time. Oh, my God. Um, ate my boots. Oh, my ate, God. Ate through my grandfather's jacket pocket because I had left some beef jerky in the pocket from a camping trip. She ate right through the front of the jacket to get oh to my. it. Oh, my. She's a goat. She would eat anything. <laughs> she would eat anything. So one of my friends gave her an edible at a party, and she got all messed. He didn't tell me he was doing it. I was Lord. having a party at my house, and I was doing something else, and one of my friends had given it to her. And she basically just laid in the middle of the you know, laid in the middle of the floor and, ju and just looked at everybody. She couldn't move. She couldn't. And my dumbass friends another time, same dog, did the old beer thing. Again, I was having a party at my house. There were probably a good 75 people there. And they weren't thinking about the accumulative effects. Like a bunch of different dumbasses at the party decided to pour her out some and let her lick it up. So uh -huh. after maybe 20 people did that over the course oh of an hour or two, my dog was hammered. She couldn't walk. <laughs> if I like had to make an announcement to the party, I'm like, everybody quit giving my dog beer. What the hell is your problem? <laughs> 
We're like, all right, cool, whiskey. Person, you know, it's not like they saw everybody saw somebody doing it and was like, oh, let's keep getting her drink. It's just, it was something dumbass people at parties did occasionally, and they weren't thinking that. Oh yeah, everybody else has probably done this too. Oh my god. Yeah, my poor dog was hammered. So yeah, yeah I have those stories that. from back then with my poor Sarah. Oh no, I've done that. I actually had a, I, I had a Siberian Husky. His name was Titan. And I fed him beer before, like, and he drank just a little bit, but I only found him like one, but he was a lightweight. As soon as he drank that, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> done, done, son. He's out, you know, for the count. My grandmother's <laughs> dog, who is, who was the mother to all of my mom's dogs, this little dachshund. Uh -huh. My grandmother didn't give her alcohol. This dog would come over and take alcohol. She would, oh, jump, nice. she would jump up on any chair or any table or whatever and stick her nose in and drink my grandmother's coffee with whiskey or drink her beer or drink her Irish cream or drink. I mean, this dog was a straight alky. Grandma didn't give her anything. If she turned her back for a second, that dog was on the alcohol. Jesus, she needed to go to DAA, Dogs Alcoholics <laughs> Anonymous, apparently, because God... Wow, that's crazy though. That's freaking nuts. <laughs> I mean, I swear the stories, the things that we do with these with these poor animals. JC's got something to say here. He says, "Okay, okay, Jeremy Miller, got one for you. Was that was at a party one time when someone saw the owner's dog bowl empty and poured bourbon in it? Uh, that dog went on a speed demon course into like three miles before getting knocked out and crashing into a." Well, like I said, I, I've, I've seen so a dog who actually will drink whiskey, given it was only in coffee, but still. So I guess I, I would I wouldn't I'd find it hard to believe that a dog would lap up a whole thing of whiskey, considering most people. I mean, it's got a pretty potent taste. Yeah, um, but. Hello. Uh oh, we had some technical difficulties again. Hopefully, everybody's still here. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I'm still sitting here talking to myself. You went away, and then the whole thing went blank. On my screen, I don't know. This app, I swear, Melon needs to get their shit together and stop screwing with people. <laughs> like it's driving me nuts. Anyways, before anything else happens, you were you were saying your story. You were saying something? Oh no, I was just saying uh, uh, that. I guess a dog could definitely do that. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. they did in that story, but it's just weird to me that something as aggressively flavored as, as whiskey. I mean, most people have to learn to like whiskey, you know? Um, it's amazing to me that a dog would willingly lap all that up. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy situation. Yeah, JC, I know. It's a reversal of positions now. <laughs> He's on the left. I'm on the right. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, Now we're messing with you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Anyways. Well, hey, I want to welcome everybody to the stream. Uh, Derek, Cindy, Eric, JC. Joni's in the stream, so watch what you say, sir. <laughs> um, I ain't afraid of her. Uh, start running away now. Run away. Run fast, and I won't ask any questions. And you know, <laughs> if I disappear, I didn't go anywhere. Search for the body. Yeah, blink, blink twice if you're in trouble. <laughs> Anyways, so we got some uh, really cool stuff to talk with you guys about. Uh, again, where it's post Oscars. Uh, you know, the day after the Oscars, we've got a couple of things to talk to you about that. But before we go into that. Uh, Jeremy, you got uh, some crazy outlandish news about a guy that was arrested 
you know, uh, for smoking weed next to a canine unit. How dumb can you be for doing that? So, yeah, this is another one of our dumbass criminal uh, <laughs> reports. Um, on January 10th, uh, Deputy, Deputy Donald Warney and his canine Zion were sitting in the parking lot of the Waffle House in Fayetteville when canine Zion indicated drugs nearby. So the dog struck, <laughs> struck his indicating position and the police officer got out and noticed a car parked not a few spaces away <laughs> where a strong oh odor of marijuana was coming from. Oh, my God. As he approached the car, the gentleman got out, admitted he had just recently been smoking marijuana and admitted that he had been recently dealing with a pending distribution charge. Oh, my God. It gets the worse. Cop, the cop then, with that information, searched his car and found 144 grams of marijuana packaged in individual baggies for sale. Oh, So he will wow. now be facing more distribution charges. Wow. Wow. Well, that was an easy bus for the cop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. When you are three freaking parking spaces down from a cop, don't blaze up. What do you? I mean, did he I not did, see? I, was he in an unmarked unit or something? Like, I mean, you know, canine units are not usually in an unmarked unit, so they're in a big <laughs> unit that says canine on the side. Then this guy was an idiot. This guy deserved to go to prison for that for being that stupid. <laughs> Oh my God! I can. I, it's like, can you imagine in the prison yard? What, what you in for? Don't ask. <laughs> just don't ask. Like, I killed a fool just to watch him die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lie. Lie through your teeth. <laughs> oh my God! Just so bad. Well, that's it. <laughs> wow. But it, you know, it goes from one very strange animal story to another strange animal story what's going on today a zebra bites a man okay so yes in ohio we have a man who had his arm bitten off by his own zebra i quit <laughs> <laughs> i quit i'm done i can't with these people apparently in pickaway county ohio the officers responded to an incident report um in a fenced-in field that a man had been dismembered by his zebra. Dismembered by a zebra? The man was found lying on the floor with his right arm removed and covered with his sleeve. What kind of a freaking zebra is this? While the deputies were treating the man, the zebra continued acting irate and charged one of the deputies' cruisers. They quickly rushed the man and his family into the ambulance and unfortunately had to put the zebra down over its continued aggressive behavior. What? Okay. They, un was it they unfortunately gone, found out. Now, given they would have still had to do it because he was posing a threat to other people, but there were four female zebras that this guy also kept on the property that were either pregnant or in heat that he was being territorial and defensive of zebras could get that way though like i didn't know that but apparently it bit his owner's arm off so apparently wow 
wow, I thought it might have been a cocaine zebra or something, you know, like that, <laughs> like that bobcat, you know, I mean, it's like we got I, cocaine bear, cocaine bobcat, now cocaine zebra. There we go. <laughs> I didn't know they had that kind of bite power. I mean, I knew they could, you know, you don't hand them a carrot or anything with like that, you know, you could lose a hand, a finger. Yeah, I'm not that about I horses. They, I didn't know they could take a freaking arm off. I mean, well, I'm bite no, through the major, you know, bone yeah. in the arm to actually sever it all is takes an amazing amount of bite strength no i've known that about horses as well that horses they're like they have so much strength in their jaw that if you like if you get a finger caught they could actually rip your finger off well yeah i knew uh, that about the smaller digits and you know even the smaller bones in your hand they could take yeah. right through but again you're talking about a large bone yeah. here i mean that takes some serious pressure to get through that's crazy okay well that was that was yeah that's a good one that's that's one for Wow. <laughs> that is so, nuts. Again, file that in the whole, you know, wild animals may be tamed and controlled at some point, but they are always still wild animals. And you got to love our audience. Derek says that is where the Hall Notes song Man Eater came from. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> Oh my God! And then, of course, Joni, she's got something to say too. Pet zebra serving his owner's arm—that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say so. I mean, wow—they've had zebras in the circus and in you know shows like yeah. that forever. You've never heard of any. I mean, a, you've heard of a bear going crazy. You've heard of you know, a, yeah, a, a croc or any other sort of dangerous animal they're working with—a lion, a tiger, but a zebra? Seriously? Dude, that is that, no, that is freaking that is insane. I mean, that's well, that was a good one. I like that one. <laughs> I've never heard of that one before, so that was actually a good one. We're gonna go ahead and move on, and of course, it is the day after the Oscars. A lot of winners, a lot of losers, but one in particular moment actually stood out before the ceremony even began, and that was the cringeworthy interview between uh, Ashley Graham and Hugh Grant. And I gotta tell you this: I mean, I saw the interview. It seemed it almost seemed like Hugh didn't even want to be there. I mean, he was very short with her. Uh, you know, she tried to like get him to open up, and the guy was just kind of being a jerk. And I even I even made a comment on Twitter. I was like, maybe he'd be more comfortable talking about uh cheating on his ex-wife with a transvestite, you know, prostitute. Maybe he's more comfortable with that type really, of question. You're gonna go all the way back there. <laughs> I mean, the guy was being a jackass, you know? I mean, I would go back there. Like, no, if I'll... I was the interviewer, I would have gone there. I'm like, well, maybe you're more comfortable with talking about that. Because apparently you're not talk comfortable talking about the movie that you were in for three seconds, as you said, or who you're wearing or anything like that. I mean, the guy was being a jerk, you know? I mean, did you see that? I did. And yes, it was, it was, he was being short. He was being... Uh, uncooperative, I would say definitely, but it's on the interviewer as well to move on. You know, it is, it's, you're always going to get people who are unresponsive on a red carpet or at a situation like this. I've seen it a hundred times, whether they're in a bad mood, they just don't have much to say, whatever it is, you move on to the next person as quickly as possible. So, you know, a little bit was of that was on her for trying to keep it going so long um, just in my opinion, I mean, she could have just, I mean, maybe she's inexperienced doing it and doesn't know, you know, any better. I mean, that's, that's very, I haven't seen her do a lot of red carpets. I mean, Ashley yeah, I Graham is a, you know, she's a model, she's done interviews and some acting, but I don't know how often she's been on that side of the mic. 
So, yeah, but I mean, also, it's like, regardless if the interviewer is a novice or not, you know, it's like, it, obviously, the the interviewee has, especially Hugh Grant, who's been to these ceremonies numerous times, he's mm -hmm. been to this, uh, like, to all these ceremonies, all these red carpets, you'd think that he would at least throw her a bone, something. You would think, and you never know what's going on there. I'm not excusing Hugh in any way. It was a, it was a jerk move. Um, but it happens all the time. And I, we don't know what was going on with him. And, you know, he may have been sick of talking about it. He may have been there because he had to be. And, you know, something else was going on. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But he was a jerk for doing it. And she showed her inexperience by not just moving on to the next person as quickly as possible. Yeah, I agree. And uh, she did. I mean, obviously, like I did see that she didn't spend too much time. She she really only asked him two or three questions. And as soon as the second question was not hidden and he was not giving anything back, she saw she I think she asked him one last question and move on. You know, like you're not giving me anything. You're mm -hmm. being a jerk. Move on. I'm not even going to deal with you right now. So well, that's that's where I'm saying I think maybe the inexperience comes in a little bit and her just trying to get that last one in or the last two an experienced interviewer, an experienced journalist or, you know, someone who's used to being on that side of the mic knows how to read these people, knows how to read what they're getting back and knows if it's going to be worth it or not. And most of them would have moved on after the first question when he basically one word answered her and then, you know, just blew her off. It's like, so, are you excited to be here? Sure. Why not? That's pretty much like the yeah, answer so, he gave. Sure. Why not? I mean, most would have been asked one quick follow up, looked at him and been like, OK, next and just move. So I'm not criticizing her. It just showed a little bit of an experience. You know, it it is what it is. People can have a bad day. You know, I don't agree with, you know, treating anybody like that. You know, you give what you can, even if you're in a bad mood, even if you're not feeling well, you know, you try and make their life a little bit easier. But he didn't do that. He definitely was a bit of a jerk. Um, but she if she had more experience, she might have, you know, gotten him through a little quicker and just moved on. It wouldn't be such a big deal. Well, talking about bad days, another celebrity that had a bad day at the Oscars was Angela Bassett, as she actually lost uh, the the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress to Jamie Lee Curtis. Now, the thing that a lot of people are are actually, um, uh, you know, are actually criticizing was the fact that when they did the whole, uh, you know, the windows where they show mm -hmm. all the actresses that were nominated, and when Jamie Lee Curtis's name was uh, was 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 called out. I mean, you got Hong Chow, you got Carrie uh, uh, Condon, you have uh, Stephanie Sue, and you have Angela Bassett. All of them. I mean, besides, I'm sorry, except for Angela Bassett, the other women were excited, clapping. They were they were smiling. They were they were excited for Jamie Lee winning. Angela Bassett, however, not so much. She was stoic. She was serious. She didn't clap. She didn't get up. She just had this look on her face like, really? I didn't win? I mean, who? I, I'm not here to go ahead and, and you know, uh, presume what was going through her mind. But, again, we go back to courtesy, going back to, you know, showing a little professionalism. You are, you know, you're all here. You're all there to, to be nominated and to support one another. Not clapping. Not being a good sport about it not showing any type of professional courtesy to a fellow actor that did win the award for whatever reason it was, 
I mean, that shows a little bit of like, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I mean, I, I'm you know, again, I'm not here to presume what she was thinking. What do you think? Honestly, again, I give Angela Bassett a bit of a pass. I mean, yes, would I have liked to have seen her, you know, clap and be more excited and at least put on, like you said, a little bit more professional courtesy towards the person who did win, whether she felt it was justified or not. Of course, she's disappointed. I mean, pretty much anybody who was there, unless they absolutely didn't believe they had any chance to win, was disappointed. But you can still, you know, show a little humbleness and try and show a little extra class. And I hate to say that because Angela Bassett has always been the epitome of class. I mean, mm -hmm. always. So I give her, a, you know, so one moment in which she was incredibly upset and disappointed and she didn't, you know, she wasn't able to cover it up and hide it and probably do what she probably should have, which was, as you said, just show a little bit of professional courtesy. She didn't have to jump up and down and be all, you know, woohoo, yeah, you know, but I mean, a little clap, a nod, a smile, you can still be disappointed. But exactly. Like I, but like I said, I, I can, I give Angela a pass on this. She's always been an amazing actress. She's always kind of epitomized class in the way she's handled controversies here and there. So I, it's one moment. I'm not going to judge anybody for one bad moment. I agree. And, and it just, it, it just goes back. It was funny. It just goes back to that episode from friends where Joey didn't win uh, one of the awards and they show him and he's like, and then as soon as you see, as soon as uh, Rachel nudges him like through the camera's on, he's like, oh, oh hey, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he switches it up. That's what it reminded me of for a second. But she didn't even clap, so it is what it is. We have some people that have some comments on it. Uh, Eric uh, is saying that she's bitter. I mean, uh, <laughs> didn't win the big prize. I'd be a little bit bitter myself, you know? What are you going to do? Uh, you have JC saying, uh, got to say the directors focus far too much on Angela's reaction. They should have showed a quick glimpse when Jamie Lee was named and then focused on Jamie Lee or the crowd as a whole till Jamie started talking. Here's the thing about that is that, in my opinion, because the Oscars are trying to, like, gain some controversy in every single Oscar to get people to watch – they're going to do that on purpose, in my opinion. I think they're going to do that on purpose. Well, I think that's what JC's saying is that that's, you know, that's, of course, why they hung on. They shouldn't have done that. They've done it many times before. I mean, this is not the first time or even the 10th time or the 100th time that there has been somebody spotlighted in that box who you could tell was visibly upset and annoyed that the person who won won. It, it happens at least once to twice every Oscars. You know, and it's never been made as much of a big deal um, as it has this time. But this happens almost every year in one of the categories, two or three of the categories sometimes. I mean, it happens. And they usually cut away a lot quicker. Um, and they didn't do that this time. So as you, I mean, it's obvious they wanted a little more drama. Um, and that's what makes the ratings go up. So unfortunately, that's Great. what a director or producer is going to do. And we also have another comment as well from Larry, and uh, this one actually made a lot of sense. Austin Butler didn't win anything, and he was very cheerful and happy for others. She was salty. I, I mean, again, we go back to the professional courtesy. I mean, Austin's a brand, like Austin's new to the game. 
he's kind of new to the game, so he's not allowed to act salty at all because that could actually ruin him, you know, being so young into the game. That's Angela, a really good point. You know, Angela, she's a veteran in this industry, mm-hmm. and she could, like you said, she gets a pass. You know, she could easily get a she, pass on that. To so. me, she does. And this is the one thing that bothers me about all this. I mean, would I be disappointed? Absolutely. But you were nominated for an Academy Award. Okay. You were considered one of the best four or five performances of the entire year. That is a hell of an honor, whether you walk home with a trophy or not. Correct. It's just, that's the facts. I'm sorry. You are one of the greatest to have ever done it if you were nominated. And it was for supporting actress. You know, I mean, it was for a supporting role. I mean, it wasn't something like, it wasn't for the main one, you know, which is... Still, I, I mean, a supporting role is just as important as the leads. They often build up the leads, back up the leads, and support sure. everything else that's going on in the story. So there's no less importance there. It's just, again, I, I this happens a lot, and I never quite understand it. I mean, if I was nominated for it, would I be disappointed I didn't win? Absolutely. But I would truly be honored and happy that I had been that I'd been nominated in the first place. That's what I would walk away from it. I wouldn't walk away all salty, you know, and I don't understand that reaction just personally. I understand, I, mean, you know, I understand it is a disappointment, but man, you were there and literally considered by most of the world one of the best actresses of the entire year. That's a, that's that's an amazing honor. True. One person that, I mean, one person that, and I hate to bring him up because, you know, he has been the subject of controversy from last year's Oscars, but Will Smith, he lost to Denzel multiple times Mm -hmm. and he still showed class. I mean, granted, you know, I think his lack of class came out when he slapped Chris Rock, which by the way, we were talking last week about Chris Rock special. You know who actually did a better special than him? Marlon Wayans. His entire, his special on HBO, God Loves Me, He went, that entire special was just specifically about the slap. The entire one hour was about the slap. And he, oh my God, he went off on all three of them. Not just Chris Rock. He went off on Will Smith and Jada. And it was gold. Comedy gold. I'll have to check it out. I was like, wow, you, wow. Okay. (laughs) I like it. Let's, let's, let's go. But yeah, I mean, you know, aside from that, it is what it is. Jamie Lee, I think it was well-deserved. It was 40 years in the making. Jamie Lee deserved it. You know, I'm happy that she, congratulations to her. Along with the other nominees that were, that were, uh, you know, pretty much, we got to say congratulations to all the nominees. The winners, I mean, obviously we talked about this everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. Pretty much walked home with a, a few awards. I mean, I thought it was going to be a sweep. But they they, they, they they walked home with seven and they're one of only three films ever to do that. They joined some pretty, pretty lofty company when they did that. Correct. I mean, we got best picture. Uh, we have uh, they walked away with best picture, best director, best actress. Uh, Brendan Fraser, however, he won for best actor with The Whale, which was again, I feel, feel that was well deserved as well. Uh, Brendan Fraser has been through a lot and he went through a lot in that role. I think you know it was well deserved for Brennan to win. I like I've always liked him as an actor. I think he's a very talented under he was a very underrated actor for many years. But this one, 
this one got him, and I'm very happy that he won this one. Uh, of course, Best Supporting Actress, he went to Jamie Lee Curtis. Best Supporting Actor went to Kei Hui uh, Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Again, another underrated actor that won an Academy. I mean, his speech... You know, uh, at, not at the Oscars, but in the back, in the back when he was talking to the press, he basically was talking about all his Goonies castmates, how they called him, congratulate Corey Feldman, uh, you know, Sean, a Sean Astin. I mean, all of them, they all, the entire cast of the Goonies contacted him and congratulated him, not on, just on the nominee, but also on winning the award. And at the end, he quoted the phrase, Goonies never say die. So that was really awesome to, for all of these people to win this. I mean, I, it, do you think that these these uh, winners deserve this win? Well, again, I haven't gotten to see, you know, all I can go on is what a lot of other people have said. I have not seen everything everywhere all at once yet. I have not seen the whale yet. Um, but everything I've heard about it, everything, every clip I've seen, these performances were great. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, they seem to be very deserving, especially if you look at the fact that they were basically sweeping, and this goes for Brendan too, all of the award shows beforehand. Writers Guild Awards, Directors Guild Awards, the SAG Awards, the you know Golden Globes. I mean, they pretty much, there wasn't a lot of variation from those to what won in the Oscars this year. So when that happens and there's not a lot of back and forth, that usually tells me the right people want. Well, I mean, and and again, congratulations to all everybody who was nominated and all Absolutely. the winners because they were all deserving of it. And uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to seeing every uh, you know uh, everything everywhere all at once because that's been talked about. I look forward to seeing the whale. The whale is the one I actually want to see the most. That that one. It has me like has my attention more than, more so than uh, the other one. So my, we'll just... my top three are definitely the whale, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I'm dying to see All Quiet on the Western Front. That was one of my favorite books growing up when I read it in school, and it will be the first film I've seen that is entirely in, uh, subtitled and in a foreign language in probably 20 years. So, I never read the book. I never even uh, I, I've never even book. heard of it. Wait. Really? I'd have to go ahead and check it out. In sports, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Raiders and Devontae Adams is not thrilled. And <laughs> as we all heard, as we all heard uh today in the in breaking stories in sports, Jimmy Garoppolo is headed to the Raiders. <laughs> he goes from the rival, one rivalry team to another. Uh and Garoppolo agreed to a three-year $67.5 million deal, including the $34 million guarantee. Uh Accident-prone Garoppolo, apparently, <laughs> is going to be the quarterback for the Raiders, which, you know, now that Derek Carr went over to the Saints, they needed a good quarterback. And San Francisco has got three good quarterbacks. So they were like, we obviously, with how accident-prone Jimmy G is, it's one of those things where they're like, you know what? We're okay with you going to the Raiders. We're fine. I mean, and it is what it is. However, Devontae Adams wasn't too thrilled about it. What's going on with that, Jeremy? No, I mean, we all know Jimmy G is a good quarterback when he can stay on the field. You know, that's been his problem is he's been injury prone and, um, you know, not a lot of GMs like investing hundreds of millions of dollars in guys who've only stayed on the field for, you know, a third of the season the last three years. So, again, I understand why they would maybe let him go. But, yeah, Devontae is a little salty. He really apparently wanted his buddy Aaron Rodgers down there in 
that's not gonna happen. <laughs> well, it's not now. It's definitely not now because uh, they just signed Jimmy G. But this is what Devonte tweeted just minutes after it was the story broke that Jimmy G had been just a black screen tweet that says, "If we haven't talked in the last three weeks, don't hit me up about this shit." Thanks. Wow. Well, suffice it to say, that's going to be a very strenuous relationship, quarterback so, and wide receiver. Yeah, Devontae's a little salty over not getting his boy out there with him. And maybe it's because he doesn't think Jimmy G's all that great. Or maybe he just, you know, really, really wanted to play with his, you know, his former playing partner. I don't know. But that's a that's a pretty, pretty direct, indirect tweet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I wonder how that season's going to turn out for both of these players because they both, I mean, the relationship between quarterback and wide receiver has got to be tight. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that relationship, then you don't have a good team. You don't have a good offense. And yeah, that's going to be a very, like, Devontae, that's a tweet maybe he shouldn't have posted because now it's it's one of those things where management coaches are going to have to bring these two together and figure out a way how they can coexist on the field regardless of personal feelings because this isn't about one person. This is about the team. So, And if you can't get along, that's going to cause problems already. And again, it's like the Raiders curse, I swear. You know, if it's not injuries, if it's not you know a good player getting arrested for the DUI, if it's not a coach – being thrown out because of derogatory comments. Now it's because of a quarterback not getting along with a wide receiver. The Raiders are cursed. They are literally cursed. Well, we'll have to see how it plays out. I'd like to believe that this is just, you know, Devante venting in the moment. And when the time comes, he'll be smart enough to realize my choices are this. I can either tank the damn season and screw everything up for all of us, or him and I can find a way to make this work. You know, they're professionals. You're playing a sport. You can only let your personal feelings get so involved. So I would like to believe he's a bigger professional than that and that they'll find a way to, you know, move forward. I mean, given I don't like the Raiders. Sorry to any Raiders fans, but I've never liked the Raiders. Neither do um, I. So I don't really care if they have a good season or not. Me either. Um, <laughs> but it'd be nice to see, you know, the two of them work it out rather than setting fire to the whole place. Agreed. I absolutely agree. Like like you, I'm not a Raiders fan myself. Uh, personally, I don't really care if they do well this season or not. I just feel kind of sorry for them sometimes because it seems like they get the crap end of the st stick every single time. You know, right when they think that they're going to actually get a good team or something, something happens that they end up going under. A lot, every of, time. People, a lot of people would say that's just Al Davis's karma coming back to him, you know. I, he was not a good guy. He did a lot of shady stuff. And this was the original team that's motto was, if you're not cheating, you ain't playing hard enough. Um, you know, I think maybe your karma's <laughs> coming back to you. You got a few more years of, of sucking and being a dumpster fire before that karma's paid off. So, very, very true. We'll see. And it doesn't matter if you move. I mean, they've been trying to move from city to city, trying to shake the karma off. But it's like, dude, moving it from one city follow to at this point. It's, it's not going to just because you move a city doesn't mean that your karma doesn't go with you. <laughs> it's going to go with you one way or the other. So good luck with that, because it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. I will say this one thing. 
I always leave this out, but Al Davis did have one one good defining quality. He mm. was one of the first owners to really make it a priority to focus on diversity and hiring and coaching in that organization. I will always give that to Al Davis. But as far as you know, getting practically a good team everything together, else he did, and... no, it was not good. Yeah, really not good. JC is saying if they don't fix this preseason, the Raiders will start off in even more of a disadvantage, disadvantageous position than normal, purely based on internal conflict, based on ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty much that's you just pretty much named any team that doesn't get along. So. <laughs> We'll see how they go ahead and deal with that. In other sports news, another trade, Jalen Ramsey traded to the Dolphins and Austin Eckler requesting a trade. Now, the Jalen Ramsey one, basically uh, the Los Angeles Rams, this is uh, off of ESPN.com, they're saying, quote, the Los Angeles Rams have agreed to trade star cornerback Jalen Ramsey to the Miami, Miami Dolphins for a 2023 third-round pick, number 77 overall, and tight end Hunter Long. Source had told ESPN's Adam Schefter on Sunday that third round pick might actually end up hurting them in the end, in my opinion. We'll see. Um, I they didn't really talk about why they did this yet. Were they starting to get on the outs with Jalen? We know he's an amazing player, but he's also a very vocal person about things he doesn't like. True, that can rub management the wrong way sometimes. Maybe it's a cost cutting move. I don't know yet, but losing a guy like him, a true shutdown corner who given has maybe last year wasn't quite up to par like he normally true. is, um, which I was surprised it, about, by the way. So was I. I didn't really see him taking a step back quite yet, and I, I probably expect him to play back up to potential the next year or two, especially if he's got a chip on his shoulder being traded yeah. away from the Rams. Oh, yeah. But, you know. Teams do not often get rid of a true shutdown corner, a guy that basically takes away a quarter of the field and you just don't. I mean, it's like what primetime, as much as Deion Sanders and all his nonsense annoys me, um, you can't deny the man's talent. He was one of the first cornerbacks to literally shut down half the field. Quarterbacks just decided we don't throw over there. He's on that side of the field. We don't throw that way. It. I mean, he literally took away a third to a half of the field when he played. That that's a rare thing, and a lot of the best cornerback cornerbacks do that. So um, it's just it's just I mean to me to be perfectly honest, for the Rams to pull this move and trade off Jalen Ramsey, I mean I was shocked to be honest when I when I heard about this because I was like I thought Jalen was going to at least stay another a couple more seasons with the Rams, especially especially right now the the way the Rams are light as far as defense goes. Uh, and they need as many good players on their team on defense as they can get, and they let go of Jalen Ramsey, this, this is kind of a bold move. I don't think it's a bold move. It smells of rebuilding tactics to me. It's possible. You're right That's about that. That's what it smells like to me is that they're trying to hold together a good enough offense to put points on the board and excite the fans, but they're not willing to invest in a championship team right now. It seems like they're trying to rebuild, reset the, you know, the, the bottom line and see what they can get in the next draft in the next, you know, up and coming trades in the next season. It just kind of smells like rebuilding to me. Well, we'll go ahead and see what happens, but there's also Austin Eckler requesting mm -hmm. a trade. What's going on with that? 
Well, Austin's in the final year of his four-year deal. Uh, it was like a four-year, $24 million deal. And considering right now he's at least the number two running back in the, in the game, it's a very good argument that he's the best running back in the game right now. If you just look at his stats, I mean, mm -hmm. two, two straight years, he's got 38 total touchdowns. He scored over 900 yards rushing and 12 rushing scores every mm. year, plus his receiving, plus his receiving scores. I mean, the guy's a beast and he's the 15th highest paid player at his position. So there's got to be a reason. So Alvin Kamara and all these other guys are making more than him. Guys whose bodies have already broken down, who are already on the downside of his career. This is Austin Eckler, who has managed to stay healthy for, you know, most of the year, the last couple of years. He's setting record numbers for them. He's the best in the game. And the Chargers are doing what they always do, which is being stingy and not wanting to give him the extra money. They've got, 190, they've got $190 million that they blew in on Mike Williams, the receiver, who's a good wide receiver, but he's not worth $190 million. And then they're trying to save money for their quarterback, whose contract is up at the end of next year as well. So Gee. they're doing what the Chargers do, and they're not paying what is one of their best two players. When I'm thinking here, what you're, what, what, I'm, what I'm gathering from all this is, the issue here is has to do with money. Yes. <laughs> Galen wants more. Sorry, Austin Eckler Austin. wants more, and they're not willing to give it to him. So Gee. he has requested a trade, which I'm sorry, in the running back position, when you are in your final year of a contract, I believe you are deserving of an extension right then and there because of the pounding your body takes True. as a running back you are deserving of an extension that last year. I get mad when they've got two or three years left and they start bitching their contracts not high enough and they want to renegotiate. I'm like, you got three or four years left on a contract you agreed to. Honor your contract. But for a running back in that very last year, no, they are deserving of an extension, especially if they're doing enough to earn it. And yeah, considering because he's one of the top backs, if not the top running back in the league, it... it it's insane to me that they're not going to, you know, try and lock him up. Especially like running backs, like you said, you know, these guys are workhorses. They actually have to pound through a freaking blockade of defensemen. And that's not easy to like mow through that stuff. No. So they're, they're the ones that get hit more often than than the other players. So I agree with that. Well, we'll see uh, if Austin's able to uh, grant, get granted that trade and see where he goes to next. We don't know. In other sports news, our final story has to do with the Pistol Pete update, Jeremy. All right. So we have a resolution to our Pistol Pete Maravich record being broken. Um, thank God the tournament committee, the bottom tier fourth rung tournament committee that was going to offer his school Detroit Mercy a invitation to their tournament even though they had a losing record um they decided not to they smartened oh, up they did they did not offer them that and it would have looked I mean it would have been so obvious because th they released the list today there are 16 teams that made it into this third or fourth tier tournament whatever it is 16 teams every one of them had a winning record and I'm talking like 22 and 8 18 and six, and you're going to put a team that was 14 and 18 in with all those teams and say they deserved to be there. So no, Anthony Davis will have to finish three points short of pistol Pete's uh, pistol Pete Maravich's record as it should be. As I said, if he had, broken it, in, if 
he had broken it in the regular season, I would not have complained, even though it took him five years to do it instead of the three Pete did and his average, which I want to correct myself, Pistol Pete over three years averaged 44.2 points a game over three years. Um, Anthony Davis over five years averaged about 26 points a game. So well, again, a good player. And if he had broken it in the regular season, more power to him, but thank God smarter heads prevailed and they didn't, you know, do something cheap to break this, this legendary record. And that indeed would have been a cheap, cheap thing to do. So that's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Navarro Miller Report. As always, we will be back again here on Friday uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, from 6 to 7. So make sure you check us out. And we're now on Amazon Audible. So you can check us out tomorrow, the next day. Amazon Music. Amazon, well, Amazon Audible and Music, actually. It goes yeah. to both of them. So either, oh, cool. either way. Um, so definitely go ahead and check us out. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like I actually like typed on Amazon and said, Oh, you could go to audible. I was like, Oh, cool. So you know, it's like right on. Um, so you can check us out either way. We're on Amazon now. Um, so make sure you check us out, uh, tomorrow, the repeat of the show in case you missed the video or in case you're on the go, missed half of it, whatever. Check us out on, on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Amazon music, uh, make sure you check us out on there. And of course, uh, I want to also thank a lot of uh, your uh, your fans, Jeremy, for joining me this past Saturday. I did a little bit of a TikTok live radio and uh, some of them you, actually had it. Did you huh? see my post? Did you see my post? Yeah, thanks a lot for that. I hate you a lot. I got um, you some love. I mean, it's not coming from me, but I, I got know. you some love. Well, you said it in your post. You said, you know, I'm not going to give you any love. So I might as well, you know, send somebody over there. So I wanted to thank your fans for showing me love. <laughs> I hope everybody that was on the stream enjoyed the music. I will be playing music from time to time and it will show up. So make sure you check that out. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube as always. So you can get that uh, little bell notification that uh, we're going to be going on live. Eventually we will be stepping away from Facebook and going towards YouTube. That's something that we've been trying to do. Uh, uh, transition to so please subscribe to our facebook uh get on i'm sorry YouTube. Sorry, sorry, sorry to our youtube channel i'm sorry subscribe See, to our, <laughs> i don't know exactly i mix everybody up subscribe to our youtube channel please uh so that way you can go ahead and get those notifications every time we get on live so you could join our conversation again want to thank everybody on our stream for joining us and we will i'm, I'm dave navarro as always along with this guy right here i'm jeremy miller Join us again on Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we will definitely see you guys next time. You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report.